Gundam style, everybody. Welcome back yet again to Alcool Robot, a show about Gundam. I'm here. I'm Max. I use he, him pronouns. And with me, as always, is Jake. Hey there, I'm Jake. I also use he, him pronouns. Happy New Year, Jake. Of course, it is not New Year when I say this, but it will be when this episode goes up, because we are living in the future, about one week, approximately in the future. The time, Axis! Whoa! I hope that by this time next week, you, your, your PS4 will have returned from the war. <laughs> you will be able to game once again. Its brain is soup, but maybe one day it'll be we, solid yeah, matter. <laughs> we had to melt it down, and hopefully we can reform it much like a caterpillar metamorphoses into a beautiful butterfly. Yes. Um, speaking of beautiful things, we're continuing to watch Double Zeta. It's a pretty good show. I it's think I, I think we sort of started to um, settle into the groove of these like this first arc of the show, where it's just the exact same thing happening every single week. It really, it really is just Looney Tunes. <laughs> a little bit. It, like like as as I was watching, I noticed every single time the like it, it's just the same plot over and over again, which is just like okay, I'll dig it. Like I feel like. I mean, I know obviously it won't go on for, you know, the entire show, but I feel like eventually I'll be like, all right, let's move on. Let's do the plot. Um, it'll get there from what I can tell. Yeah. Um, I know a few things that happen later on, so it should definitely should definitely stop uh, being, you know, yeah, bad guy like, shows up. Yeah. I mean, bad guy specifically just Mashmer shows up. Mashmer shows up. He and Judah fight. Judah wins. Yeah, and it's like, you know, rinse and repeat ad infinitum. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I don't know. I, I enjoy these episodes. I like to see Me it. Too. I like to see robots. It's very fun. It's like, I I don't know. It's it's just, like, you know, yet again, I don't really get people who are like, Double Zeta's not as good as Zeta. Well, I mean, maybe it's not as good eventually, but like, at, like right now, it's a change of pace, but like, I feel like it's deliberate, right? I think so. I think that uh, they definitely wanted to kind of take a, a a break from the heavy, serious matter. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, they just kind of wanted to have a fun Gundam show for a little bit. And you know what? I'm fine with that. I'm happy. Yeah. I dig it. <clears throat> um, well, speaking of Gundams, we can get into it now. We've watched another three episodes of Double Zeta, and we're here to talk about them to you, our captive audience. Starting with... Mobile Suit Gundam Double Zeta, Episode 4, Hot-Blooded Mashmer. In this episode, the Argama disguises itself in the junkyard of the colony. Mashmer heads out to find and capture it once more in his Gallus J. At the same time, Judah and his gang do so. On the way, Mashmer sees Fa taking care of Camille and feels affection for her, calling her an angel in white. At the junkyard, Mashmer oversees a pitfall being constructed designed to blow the victim into space. As he gets in his Gallus J and heads to the Argama, Judao grapples aboard and tussles with Mashmer, trying to take control of the suit with the help of his gang. Eventually, he's knocked away, but the gang still makes it to the Argama. Judao ends up stealing the Zeta yet again, but Mashmer is waiting for him. They face off once again, and Judao is lured to the pitfall. However, he grabs the Gallus J as he falls in. They both are blown out into space. They continue to fight. Judao eventually wins. Uh, and as the Zeta is recovered, Mashmer escapes and drives back, and he sees Fa on the way once again, accepting his failure. <laughs> this is good. This is a pretty good one. It, it's like I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm like reading reading the synopsis yet again. It very much does feel like the exact same episode as before. 
it adds it adds some twists and turns to it. I th- I think like once they start introducing more robots of the week for Mashmer to get into, it's like a little more exciting. But this one is just like okay, I get it. I sort of see how this is going. This is probably the weakest of the three that we watched this week. I think I'd say so. Yeah, but um, I got a lot of really good faces from from Mashmer. Oh yeah. Um, so I was happy. Yeah, we have. I, I have made a channel in our Discord server that's just dedicated entirely to Mashmer posting. Because you, you, sim- you simply gotta. You, you simply gotta. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, yeah, so so this one starts out. We see uh, our friend Shimatter, the um, one of like the sort of colony. Uh, I don't know what he's even is. He's just some sort of overseer, right? He's like some sort of like colony governor guy. Yeah, they never really give us like a title or anything for him. I just kind of imagined he was like uh some sort of council member or something like some kind of yeah he's high in up charge. in the chain of command because he talks about how his boss he like you know he mentions his boss and we see his boss a lot in the third episode um but so he's up there right and and he's here helping the argama like disguise itself it's just sort of like a a more fleshed out scene of the end of last week where like the argama is like you know bumping itself around in the junkyard getting completely covered in metal and scraps to like totally disguise itself because axis is still here still hanging out still causing problems on purpose one thing I, I, I really liked is um, mm. Chimatter says, just a couple of gentle shakes to hide it better. And it mm. kind of looks like somebody just grabbed it, grabbed a layer with their mouse and just shook it back and forth <laughs> in Photoshop. <laughs> it re- it re- no, yeah, it re- I got that too. It really does. It's like, you know, you don't, come on, you don't really got to go crazy animating this. It's, it's just kind of just kind of shimmy and shake it and move it around. Um, I'm going to attribute that to the inexperience of the... Uh, one of the pilots there who's taking over for Saigusa who had been killed by Yazan last week. Fuck, very, very yeah. sad. Ugh. Um, and, <laughs> and then we cut over and I think I'm sort of seeing like the common theme of gold bars being a main currency yeah. here because Mashmer is staying in like a luxury hotel inside the colony. And first of all, this guy is wearing an all white suit with like a light purple shirt and a darker purple tie. And he has his rose like pinned to his um, breast pocket. This dude looks so good in this outfit. He is a fancy man. I love He's it. He's such a fancy lad. And he pays for his hotel stay in like, well, well he, he goes to the front desk and, and the clerk is like, oh, you're leaving very early today, sir. And he's like, you know, like how we'd like to pay. And he's like, well, I don't have a cash or card on me. And he just pulls out like a straight up gold bar and hands it to the guy. <laughs> Yeah, like <laughs> cash or card, and he says, "How about neither? How how about pure solid space gold? Almost certainly, you would not. Maybe rules are different in space, but like, if I were to be grocery shopping and just hand a gold bar to the clerk, I don't think they'd be able to take it. I worked front desk at a hotel for um, nearly a decade, mm-hmm. and there was nowhere in our um, our employee manual." Or any of our rules on how to take gold bars. Um, there's specifically <laughs> only cash and card instructions. So I mm. don't think they would have been able to take it. Oh, well, I mean, well, you know, this this is a different world. This is in space. So I guess rules are just different here. And, you know, it's a better world because not only do they have robots, you can just pay with gold. Yeah, it's a libertarian go. dream. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, mash breads out. Uh, one of the uh, Axis Xeon guys shows up. He's in, like, full uniform, and he's, like, you know, escorting him out. And Mashmer's like, bro, do not wear this. Because, you know, he's still trying to be sort of undercover. And then he has a buddy who's like, hey, Commander Mashmer Shello of Axis, how are you doing this morning? <laughs> it's like, uh, 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 u
And I love that this guy um, expected this. He has a like a dress shirt and a tie underneath his uniform. Yeah. Why he was had, he wearing the uniform over it then? He had slacks on. He had a suit jacket in his car. He was mm-hmm. prepared. <laughs> he was prepared. He just, well, he just wanted to make a scene. He has a flair for the dramatic. This guy's name is uh, Goten, G-O-T-T-N, I believe. I, I was specifically listening for how they say it, and it's kind of like Cotton, but with a G. He, okay, yeah, so Gotten. All right, okay. Blowing that Gotten. Gotten. He's, he's fine. We see him a lot. Um, he, he takes Mashmer. They're in like a little buggy sort of thing, and he changes in the car, and like Mashmer looks away as he does this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think they're like they're like driving now because right now their goal is to capture the Argama. I guess they know that it's been taken inside the colony. They just don't know where it is. Like oh, I guess yeah, no, because he was in it. So they're trying to find it because they know it's there somewhere. And then uh, he has a, a flashback to Haman. Yes. And she's like, "You are the chosen youths who have pledged themselves to the <laughs> Zabi family." And I'm kind of like, I wonder if he just has really high hopes, or um, does she have really high hopes of him, or is this all just his daydream? I really, because we we see so many Hamon flashbacks in these episodes. I am so excited to see the two of them actually interact, so I can see what she actually thinks of him. I truly think. Well, I don't know if I think this, but I hope. I hope it's the latter. I hope she just thinks he's some regular guy. Yeah, she's like, oh, uh, uh, marshmallow, wasn't? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it would. I mean, it, it's perfect, right? It's the exact kind of humor the show is narrated in on, where it's like, yeah, she just doesn't care for him at all, but he, like, overblows it in his head because he's just so enamored with her, and I just, I really hope it's that. Oh, God. I really hope so. And as he's daydreaming, they're uh, driving around, and Gotten almost crashes into the Junkrat teens. Yeah, so they're, they, they make it into town, right? And we see, um, we see Beecha and... Where in my notes did I say this? We see Beach and L driving on like this toe, and they're carrying their petite mobile around. And like you know, they almost they almost crash, and like Goten's like laying on the horn, and Beach and L are like, "Watch where you're going, boomers!" and drive off. <laughs> and Mash and is like, "Be calm, Gotten." Well, I forgot he makes he sounds like Pegasus in my mind. Be calm, Gotten. It's our job to educate kids like that and give them a dream to follow. High spirited children are a resource in war. And I was like, ooh, ooh, uh-oh, ooh, uh-oh. Uh, ooh, uh, ooh, I don't know about that, buddy. Tone it down, tone it down. <laughs> yeah. oh, supposed to be my favorite. No, yeah, you don't. You can't say problematic things four episodes in, please. Uh, next, we see Lena's like out getting milk, and she runs into the kids, uh, and and they're you know they're like, what are you doing? Like, we're gonna pick up Judah. And it's like, you better fucking not. That guy better go to school. And they're like, that's exactly what we're doing. She's like, are you thinking about skipping school? Not on my fucking watch. Yeah. <laughs> she is, like, probably, like, I'm going to guess, like, 10 years old-ish. Um, So, like, you know, she's the only responsible one here. I guess Elle's pretty responsible, too. But right now, Elle is still in, like, Zeta stealing mode, too. And they drive over to Judah's place. And they, like, go pick him up. And... They, you know, he obviously joins them, and she's, like, you know, left behind because she's still on her whole, you know, you need to go to work, you need to go to school thing. And he's like, uh, wow, cool robot. Sorry, Lena. Got a jet. <laughs> and she's like, I know what I'll do. I'm going to go tell on them to Fa. Yeah, which is, like, funny. I guess they're just, like, friends with Fa now, or at least Lena is. I feel like Fa's probably friends with Lena and no one else because Lena's the only, like, reasonable one here. <laughs> that totally makes sense. Yeah. Um... And speaking of, Mashmir is like, so so. Gotten is driving Mashmir to a hospital, 
because he's like, okay, Argama refugees are here. If we take them, you know, we don't need to use them as hostages. We can use them more as like shields. And Mashmer is like, fuck you say to me. And he like whips the wheel around because he refuses to, you know, use hostages or shields. He fights with honor. And in doing so, he nearly like straight up like runs over Fa and Camille who are in front of the hospital right now. Uh oh. <laughs> and uh, he gets out to go check on them to make sure they're okay. Mm. And, uh, I don't think that I think that this guy just just falls in love with everybody that he sees because yeah. he like almost instantly falls in love with Fa. I don't like so in my in my summary I said it was affection. I feel like it's more he sees Fa as sort of upholding his chivalrous ideals. That because, makes sense too. You know, Fa's pushing Camille around in the wheelchair, right? Because Camille's still sort of comatose, and and he's like, oh, you know, you 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 angel in white is is what he calls her, which is great. Um, and he thinks that she's the nurse, and Shinta and Kuma are there, and they're like, she's his girlfriend, and Mashmer's like, oh my god, if only everyone was so lucky to have someone <laughs> like you. He gets so sparkly and, like, amazed, and it's just like, dude, this guy is so nice, like, what if he ends up being a good guy? He won't, but what if he did? Oh, I would love that. Mashmer joined the good guys 2020. Mm, give me the why uh, let's push that to be a 2021 goal oh. we got four days left in the year i think good 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 point yeah we gotta we gotta temper our expectations a bit um i just i love it this guy is such a good character he's so fun he makes me so happy one of the kids has a really good line because when he's praising her he says something about oh you're taking care of him even though he can't walk and they're like <clears throat> camille can walk he just doesn't understand anything anymore because of the war <laughs> yeah me too buddy I mean, I feel like saying that makes more sense than a vampire turned his mind into the soup. He just doesn't you know, understand Ma- it. Don't get it. You don't get it. Yeah. And also, as this entire thing is happening, uh, Godden is doing, like, the Commander Picard meme facepalm. Like, <laughs> because he's just, just seeking spoke flowery and, like, talking about Fawn, just like, oh my god. It's like, it, it, it really does feel like he's driving his mom around almost like oh my god Ashmir is just this like maniac who just does whatever he wants and gotten is like trying to keep things on track and like Mashmir is taking way too long to talk to a friend of his at the grocery store and like you know gotten's in line to check out and Mashmir runs off because he forgot something but the line started moving way too fast and gotten doesn't have the money on him and he starts to panic it's so scary i hate when that happens oh god yeah that just instantly brought back a lot of uh a yeah lot of anxiety. It's, it's no good oh god um and then he does this insane, like, a- a- as they leave, he drives off, and this dialogue, or monologue, he gets, A flower blooming amidst the slums. This mad society has driven her to tragedy. I can only see a dark future for her. Like, and, and also, when he said a flower blooming amidst the slums, I was like, Aerith? Talk about Aerith Final hey. Fantasy? That's literally what she does. <laughs> and they, yeah, oh, actually, hmm, you know what? I'm kind of thinking about it. I feel like there's some through lines, a little bit. I mean, they're kind of in, like, the slum colony. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, I can. Final Fantasy VII is double Zeta. I'm going to keep workshopping this, and I'll and I'll report back later on when I've sort of crystallized my thoughts on this on this fun new AU of mine. A seven is kind of like half of a Z. So that's you... true. So there's I'm not smart enough to put it together, but there's something there. There's some there. There's definitely something there. The no, the numbers don't lie, Jake. I think we can figure it out at some point. We'll get there. We have an entire we have the entire show to get there. So yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um. What happens next? Um, so it cuts next to the junkyard where the mm. teens are kind of searching around for the Argama. Uh, they heard that it was in, I believe, Sector 4. That sounds right. And they see that the uh, the Axis troops, they find them uh, kind of rigging the junkyard or like kind of searching through the junkyard. 
Mm-hmm. And we cut back to, to Mashmir's uh, point of view. And he's uh, he's mad at them because they're they're rigging the junkyard with bombs so they can have advantage mm-hmm. against the Zeta. And that's not honorable. It's not. Why would you why would you arm a trap to blow the robot into space when you could simply do honorable hand to hand combat, die valiantly in battle? <laughs> One is vastly preferable to the other for me. He they also brought the uh, mobile suit with them, but they know that he doesn't want to freak the people out, so they mm. disguised it by hiding yeah. it under a bunch of boxes of uh, crates of liquor. Yeah, <laughs> he goes, but why liquor crates? Couldn't you have hid it, hidden it under roses or something? That's like, God, I love it. It's like, that'd be, you know, you, you bring me mobile suit on a big flap out truck and it's covered in like, you know, it, it makes it look like a truck. It's like, you know, carrying beer. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> why didn't you simply hide it under like a billion ants or ladybugs? Cover it in bugs. No one would touch it. No one would think about it. <laughs> I simply think the robot should be disguised in a more fun way fitting my character. Yeah. It's not hard to figure out. Of course, he gets in. It's the Gallus J from before. We've seen it. We like it. It's a cool guy. He gets up, he just starts, like, walking there. It's funny how anticlimactic it is. It's, like, this whole, like, pretty long scene of him, like, you know, climbing out of the crates, and the crates are falling around him, and he just, like, slowly starts walking over. (laughs) And, of course, like, Judao is carrying a straight-up grappling hook with him for some reason. Because he's, uh, like we said last time, he's Spider-Man. He's He is Spider-Man. The the mobile suit Zeta Gundam really makes you feel like (laughs) Spider-Man. And... (laughs) <laughs> As he's walking, Jidelf, you know, chucks it up. He latches onto it. And we cut over. Fawn, Lena, and the orphans are driving to the junkyard now to stop them. Because, you know, Lena's snitched on everybody. The orphans are there. They get stuck in, like, a little, uh, like, a little ditch of trash. And then, for some reason, Fawn's first reaction is like, Shinta and Kum, can you go out and push? <laughs> the orphans? Hello? The actual babies? The, the, <laughs> the, 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 the five-year-old kids? I I mean, I get that you can't really have them, like, you know, pilot the car, but, like, I don't know, have Lena get in the front seat and Fa push, maybe. That seems like the reasonable... It's just, I don't know, I love Fa, but I'm afraid that, like, Double Zeta's gonna make her, like, into, you know, a worse character than she was in the previous series. And I'm Ugh. just like, oh, no, justice for Fa. Don't make me keep saying it. I, uh, have a, I have a feeling that they are going to make us keep saying it. Yeah, I hate to see it. Um, let's see what happens. Um, Mashmere's in the cockpit, and he's like, "Are the engineers on the Endra really good?" Because like he can't close the cockpit; he's like having trouble. It won't like fully like close and latch and everything like that. Uh, and as he does this, (laughs) Judah like triggers like the back camera, and like he's like looking around. He's like, "There's there's a there's a youth attached to my mobile suit," (laughs) and uh. He's he's very condescending about it too. I I didn't write down what he said. But I just wrote down that he was very condescending. He's like, "What is this teenager doing?" He calls him an awful child a lot. Yeah, he calls him an awful child. That's what it was. It's like this this miserable little wretch of a boy on my suit. And uh, Judah just snaps back that he's going to steal and scrap uh, his mobile suit because that's what he does. That's what he do. I think he should. I think he should simply be allowed to. And as this happens, uh, the kids are are driving up, and, like, L is filling bottles with sand. And you're like, what the hell is this for? And I guess in this buggy they have... Are they in the buggy or are they in the flatbed? I don't remember. I think they were still in the flatbed. Okay, all right. But they have, like, this big old slingshot launcher on the flatbed. (laughs) I I wrote wrote down that they they played 
Angry Birds with them? <laughs> yeah. They, they, they use their Wii motion controls to aim the slingshot and, and, and effectively fire bottles of sand into the cockpit of the Gallus Jade of Blind Mashmer. And uh, they almost nailed him in the fucking head. He, like, Yo, they almost, like, kill this dude. Like I don't, I don't think he would have been okay if those hit if those shots connected. Yeah, because like two things happen: the bottle explodes, and then you have you know shards of glass and sand on your face, or the bottle doesn't explode, but you still get hit by like a a launched glass bottle of sand. So either way, you're not getting out of this one in one piece. I don't think it's got to be really heavy. It's got to be heavy and painful. And it misses him, but it hits right next to his head, and like you know, sands everywhere. And this is, of course, where we've gotten the emoji that you so graciously clipped out for us of Mashmir's face, like <laughs> one eye half closed, like snotty, covered in tears. Yeah, the sad simp emoji. He's great. It's the sad simp. It's so good. Um, God, he's very angry at uh, Judao and the other kids, and he has a flashback of Haman saying, where she basically tells him that like kids suck. <clears throat> But they are society's victims. We must watch over them and show them even more affection. And so he stops being mad. It's great. He's like, mm, in the name of my lady, Haman, I shall punish you. And of course, yeah, in the flashback, it's just, it's like, I every single thing this guy does is like informed by his slumdog millionaire ass flashbacks of <laughs> Haman, which again, may or may not have happened. This could be all in his head. And I really hope it is just because like, I love that that's like, you know, what informs his character. This guy is so good. He rules. <laughs> he really does. Um, so while he's having this flashback, um, the teen junk squad runs away mm. and they, they, they find a hiding spot, which just so happens to be where the Argum is hiding. Oh, how convenient of it. That's so lucky. Yeah, because gives you Mashmir Fowl. He's like, the only way to correct this is to take the Argama, reform the colony from the inside out. Oh, yes. And now, yeah, and, and the kids are like, they find the Argama and they're sneaking aboard. And Bright and Torres and everyone are, like, in the hangar. All the lights are off. They're, like, waiting because they knew the kids would show up. And they're like, have the kids arrived yet? Like, all right, lock them in. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. Yeah, lock them in, shut down the corridors, lead them here. And, and of course, when they get there, the lights come on. And everyone, like, dives out and starts trying to tackle the kids and, and, like, take them down. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, I guess that's a pretty competent way because you know these stupid (laughs) thieving teenagers are going to come back and try and steal your, like, valuable prototype military equipment. You might as well, like, predict it, I guess. See, I I was wondering. I was wondering if they, uh, because Bright was like, yeah, let's lead them here. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, kind of like last episode where he was... Like, oh, yes, he's kind of like those other boys that I traumatized. Uh, maybe he's wanting him to get in the mobile suit because he knows about the Gallus J coming. So maybe they're just like, maybe they're just pretending to try to capture them. Because oh, nobody okay, goes like, after yeah, Judah. Like, yeah, yeah, they're like, all right, dive after everyone else, but we got to let Judah end up in the cockpit. We got to see what this guy can do. Bright, once again, proving that he just has these awful, awful leadership skills. Completely useless man. Oh, my God. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like you said, he is the bad guy of Gundam. He, Bright is the one who perpetuates this cycle of violence by finding boys and thinking, hmm, this boy can probably become a weapon. Let's see what happens. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> yeah. Um. So let's see. Yeah. Judo gets in, obviously. Obviously, you know. Um. He he ends up escaping because, like, you know, he's going to steal it. And, of course, Mashmir is just standing there outside. He's ready. He's waiting. He fires the finger guns that are, like, in the sort of, like, red-dipped fingertips of the Gallus J. Which, that, that's a cool thing. I like yeah, that. That's I a like fun little 
fun little mechanism we get to see. Um, and he's like, Zeta, Ike! Which is, you know, Zeta, go. I love that. I like how they always, like, you know, say their name and the, and the robot when they launch. And, like, you know, he's not really part of the argument right now. But, like, I still like that he still is like, let's go! Yeah. He's like a little screaming baseball head. Let's fucking go! <laughs> it's a screaming Haro head saying that, actually. Hell yeah. No, I could be an emoji. I'll have to write that down for later. Hell yeah. Mm. I like that. And he's fighting Mashmare, of course. And uh, Mashy is like... Well, I don't want to use the guns and end up hurting civilians or damaging the colony. So he decides to use the pitfall, regrettably. He doesn't want to. It's not chivalrous, but he simply has to. And, like, I really like that the whole time is, as this, this and, like, all the other battles happen, it's, like, Mashmer weighing what he should do, like, in regard to the civilians that are there. Because, like, everything he does, you know, they know he's Axis, so they, it's going to reflect poorly on him if he, like, causes a ruckus, causes a problem. So it's, like... You know, gotta be strategic with it. I dig that. That's a fun, like, little twist on it. Yeah, I really... That's one thing I really like about Mashmer is that it's probably one of the most unique villain ideas that I've ever seen because most villains in shows, like, don't give a crap about, like, Mm -hmm. what the common people think of them because they just are so single-mindedly on wanting to take down the good guys. But he's like, no, we want them to know that we're the good guys because in his mind they are. Yeah, like, you know, I, I guess, like, if we're comparing it, like, you know, we look at Char in, in, in 0079, and, like, yeah, he, he didn't really have, like, opportunities to, like, I, well, I guess, you know, when he was on the colony with Lala and Amro at the same time, he didn't really do anything. I mean, he didn't know, but, like, you know, when they had to leave, he waited until they were outside the airspace to begin the fighting, so it's, like, he sort of followed the rules, but he wasn't, like, you know, that wasn't his whole MO, and then in Zeta, Jared did not care at all, you know, Jared was willing to do whatever, Papnus didn't care at all. And, like, you know, none of the people there really, like, cared for what happens in, you know, Collateral. And and I like that Mashmir is, like, the complete opposite, where, like, that's the most important thing to him. Like, you know, both the chivalry of it and, like, making sure that he does things the right way. It's like, he's a villain. He's on the wrong side. But I appreciate that he's, like, a, you know, just because you are a bad guy does not mean you are a bad guy. (laughs) He's he's noble. And he's, yeah. And he, he genuinely believes that he is the hero, which I also really love. Yeah, no, I, and I also genuinely believe that he's the hero. <laughs> Let me just get that out there right now. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're, they're escaping. He won't fire. <clears throat> and he ends up leading him to the pit. And it works. And, like, I didn't realize that this pit straight up went into space. I thought it was just, like, a junk pit. And, like, you know, enough junk would cover the Zeta that they could, like, surround him with guns or something. Yeah, seriously, but, that's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah, but but as he's falling, he, like, grabs the Gallus J's, like, you know, uh, leg skirt thing and, like, pulls him down. And they're, like, out into space. And Bright, like, is radioing... Radi- yeah, that, that. Bright is radioing Judao to, like, you know, help him out because... Judo does not know how to fly this thing still and he's spinning around because he hasn't activated, like, the gyroscopes on it so he, like, can't stay upright. And it's just like I like I love that every single time Judo gets in, he has to learn a new way to like not die in this <laughs> yeah. stupid thing. And of course, not only can he not write himself, but the air is leaking out of the cockpit of the Zeta. Uh oh, <laughs> yay to see it. Um, and now you know Mashmir can use more of his weapons. He fires some missiles off at him. It's um, it's a, it's a tussle. Uh, Judo eventually grabs onto a pole and kind of starts being an acrobat, and he does uh, some yes. some neat spinnies and. Just goes and kicks him in the chest. 
It's like, yeah, because, like, Mashmere grabs him, and he's, like, going to ram him into the side of the colony to, like, I guess, like, you know, break the cockpit or whatever. But, like, Judo grabs that, and he starts spinning, and he does the kick, and Mashmere's, like, knocked away. And I guess, like, that does enough damage. I guess he kicks him right in the cockpit, so, like, you know, Mashmere kind of has to escape because the cockpit's not fully secured on the Gallus J either. It's not really clear, but, you know, whatever, I'll take it. Because um, we don't really see the Matt Gallus J again. He did have a hard time in the beginning uh, getting the, like, the cockpit to actually close. So yeah, it, it it's, it's still s- partially Jeep Wrangler mode. Yeah, <laughs> it does make sense that there's like some sort of like issues with it. So I like that yeah. they kind of brought it back. Yeah, and, and like we see, you know, Mashmere escaped, and we see Judao like using his clothes to plug the air holes inside the cockpit. <laughs> and Bright's like, "Okay, can I have my robot back, please?" And like Judas like, "What's in it for me?" And Bright's like, "I'll give you food." And Judas like, "Yeah, okay, all right, you got me. Yeah, you got me there, buddy. I'll take some meal." <laughs> I didn't realize they served continental breakfast on the Argama, but that's a you know that's that's a nice draw. I'm sure all the crew members appreciate that. And then uh, then we cut to Mashmer kind of reflecting on his loss, and uh, mm. this is the line that made me think that like he also fell in love with Fa, because he's mm. like my base desires may have led to my failure, and I was like he did kind of get distracted. Yeah, that was a that was a weird little thing. I I don't. I I don't like the idea of him falling in love with Fa because I think Fa's still like seventeen. And yeah. He's like, Actually, hold on. Let me just Mashmer age because this guy is nineteen. This what? this guy's nineteen. Wait, 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 no, no, no. impossible, impossible. Uh-uh. No, this guy is nineteen years. Oh, oh no. I'm gonna go uh, grab myself some whiskey real quick and just. Uh... He's younger than Amon. I mean, I guess I just it makes sense because oh. No. I like the idea... Well, okay, here's the problem, right? Haman is, like, 20, so I don't want him to be older, but also I look at him and I'm like, this guy's in his 30s. Yeah. He's 19! Ah! This is insane! Yeah, this is, uh... Oh, my God. I, I, like, I'm not, like... It's not that I'm grossed out. It's more that I'm just, like, baffled by, like, the fact that I know his age now. It's, like, information I wasn't, like... My brain's not able to fully, like, comprehend... And oh like, my god! Like I, I genuinely would have put him like mid twenties. Yeah, mid twenties, like late twenties, early thirties, around there. But like, oh my god! But it's it's anime ages, so you know. Yeah, yeah, you know. Well, it, it's not, it's not anime ages because it's not anime. So well, yeah, down A- anime ish ages. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where like late twenties is basically a senior citizen. So huh. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're like on death's door. Um, my last note is here is like as he like leaves the battle from Judah, he's like the man's an imbecile. No wonder I'm at a disadvantage. <laughs> so I think he's starting to realize that Judah does not know how to pilot the Zeta, which is just like oh, very good stuff, delightful. You're doing it wrong. You 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 got you got a got a pilot chivalrously, Zu Judah. Come on. I don't know how to fight you when you don't fight right. Yeah. So, so the the ending I think sort of makes up for you know the episode's just kind of eh, but we get some more Mashmer stuff which I love. Oh yeah. All right, shall we move on to the next one? All right. Episode five. <laughs> Judas' decision. Gimon, a colony junk trader, offers his help to Mashmere in taking down the Zeta Gundam in his homemade mobile suit, the Jizz. The Jizz. Do not, no. j- Jake. <laughs> I meant you to can't. say Jizz, and then I like you can't, Jake. That that was an accident. I say geese. I, I meant G's. Ah, geez. And then I kind of started thinking about how they actually say it. It is, um, 
Oh, I, you know, it's Geze. 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 Okay. Um, all right. From the top. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, whoops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to take another sip of my whiskey real quick. Mm. <laughs> all right. Gimon, a colony junk trader, offers his help to Mashmoon taking down the Zeta Gundam in his homemade mobile suit, the Geze. Meanwhile, Fa is trying to convince Judah to join the Argamus crew as a cadet pilot, but he refuses and heads to school. L sneaks around the Indra for surveillance, and as Gimon takes off from the Indra with two Gaza Seas, she drives off to warn the others. As L arrives at the school, Gimon lands there, thinking he was challenged by the Zeta. Judah and the gang end up tripping his Geze, so he starts smashing the school. Fa then arrives in the Zeta, and they fly off to a field and fight. Gimon has the upper hand against Fa, so Judao gets in the cockpit and defeats the, Giz- the Gize by spinning the cockpit and cutting its arms off. After the battle, Judao is finally convinced to return the Zeta to the Argama as Mashmir plans his next move. Now this one's a pretty fun, fun, wacky time, huh? On my first watch through, did not enjoy this episode. On my second watch through, I was like, yeah, okay, I like this one. I, I, I like it just be like, you know, more leaning into the absurdity of double Zeta. I like yeah. it because it's just random guys like, yo, I built a robot. Can I go fight? And Master's like, fuck it. I don't care, dude. Why not? <laughs> go for it, homie. I honestly thought I missed his uh, motivation the Me first too. time. But on the second watch, I realized there is none. He just wants to do it. He's just a guy. He's this guy who's like. He has like you know like dark tan skin, dark brown hair. He wears this like very bright, almost neon pink normal suit with a big ass yellow G stitch into it for his name Gemon. But I also like the idea that he's Gundam. This is this is Gundam. <laughs> yeah, I'm Gundam. We Me. found him. He's Gundam. Um, he's just like a he's just a, a silly looking guy. Um, and yeah, like the episode like starts like. Almost um, in media res, as, like, Gemon is aboard the Android, and he's, like, you know, negotiating with Mashmer, saying, like, yeah, you know, I'll be, like, a, a subcontractor, you can have me do it. And, you know, M- Mashmer is, like, sort of, like, weighing uh, if he should, like, accept his help or not. And then, of course, Slumdog Millionaire flashback, Kamon tells him that he needs the trust of the people of the colony. And then, you know, he wakes back up, and he's like, ah, oh, Hamon says we should trust people of the colony. And then... Yeah, he he accepts, and and Gammon's only conditions are that he gets some two he gets two Gaza Seas as backups. The Gaza Seas, of course, being our friends from Zeta, the pink and dark pink uh, mobile suit that is like the main sort of grunt suit of Axis. It's fine. Yeah, it's it's, it's whatever. Um, the Geze though, this thing is funky looking, isn't it? Oh my gosh, I love it so much. It is a weird four armed mess. It's like. I drew a little doodle of it, and mm-hmm. I realized that the head kind of looks like part of a church. The head reminds me a lot of the Tin Man from Wizard of Oz. Oh, that's even better. Yeah, like, so, so I, this it's like gray and red and black, mostly. It's like, you know, it's like a very, like, sort of, like, plain color scheme. Big, stocky feet and thighs, and the legs are really short, though. Um, I think it's about... I was gonna say, he's got some stubby legs and some Kingdom Hearts feet. He does, he does have Kingdom Hearts feet, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, God. And yeah, like, really stubby, but he's as tall as the Zetas, which is a big suit. Um, really, really wide thighs. Uh, it's, it's a pog of a mobile suit. Uh, on the waist, the cockpit, like, sort of spins around on a ring around the, like, waist of it. So it's like, um, that's one of the gimmicks, a movable cockpit. The, you know, the chest goes up. In, in the shoulder binders, it's not really binders, it's more just like shoulder guards, are two arms each. 
Like one is a like a more like hand like arm and one is more of like a pinchy grabby arm. But there's like so this thing has four arms total and the head like, you know, like Jake said, it sort of like raises into a point like a church or like the Tin Man sort of like oil uh, dripper hat thing. It's really weird looking and I like that it definitely looks like a homemade mobile suit, right? It definitely looks like some guy just made it in his garage. Yeah, like, uh, you know, like they said, he's a junk, like we said, he's a junk a junk dealer. And it yeah. definitely looks like he scrapped it from a lot of different, like, mobile suits that he found pieces of. It's kind of a Franken-suit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a Franken-suit. I like it. I, I, I like that it's weird and ugly. Like, I like impractical, ugly mobile suits. That's, like, kind of my favorite design of them. So, like, this one's good to me. They're fun. They're fun. Um... And yeah, he's he and he, this guy's a buffoon also because like you know as he accepts he floats up and like bonks his own head on the mobile suit and like falls back down just like okay I, I get this guy's deal already I see how it's gonna <laughs> yeah. be. <sighs> Foss talking to them on like the steps of Judas' house I think I think you're right. Yeah, so not in the Argama, but it's like Foss saying yeah Bright wants you all to become cadet pilots or at least just Judas. And they're like mm, nah. And I I like that. Like, as a demonstration of how much they don't want to do that, Judah's like, let's go to school instead. <laughs> the one thing we know about him is that he hates going to school. So he's like, I would rather be in school than work for that that stuck-up asshole of a, of a ship captain. I think this is where we really start to see some of, like, Judah's actual personality. Because so far he's just kind of been, like, like protagonist mood. But now we're seeing him, like, the, the, the conversation of responsibility and, like, getting a job opens up to him. And he's like kind of runs away from that yeah i i like that i like that he's comfortable doing his sort of like vagrant junk trader life i i i it's interesting right like the sort of characterization because he is again so different than camille and amro at this point because you know amro the go-getter hero he sees a gun he gets in the gundam right away i go i guess that's a through line they all get in the gundam right away obviously yeah (laughs) but like you know amro the tinker he gets in the gundam and he's like ready to fight and camille is like reluctant to fight but, you know, like, he's spurred on by Jared and Judah. He's not about fighting. He's about money, baby. He's about stealing and scrapping that Zeta. So I really, I, I, I just, I really like Judah. I think he works so well as a protagonist just right away because he's so radically different than what you'd expect from a protagonist. Yeah, and, like, <clears throat> I really am excited to see how his character grows because, you know, he's starting off, like, they're, they keep telling him, like, hey, be the protagonist, be the main character. And he's like, yeah, I'm just going to do my own thing. They're like, no, but if you, yeah. if you come over here, we'll like fast track you into being the super action star. And he's like, mm, I don't want to. Yeah, I could do that. Or I could sell the Zeta and buy a PS5. So I'd rather do that. Goodbye. <laughs> <sighs> I like him. He's a cool guy. Oh, he's great. Can't wait to see more. Um, and of course, Lena wants him to do it. And, you know, as they leave, Lena follows and she's like, she tells Fa that she can convince him to, you know, to, to see her way. She promises Fa that she's yeah, going to do it. like, which is like, I like that because, again, it's more, it's seeing that sibling relationship. But she's like, yeah, he's my brother. I know how to get to him. I know how to wear him down to the point where he'll listen to me. <laughs> Siblings do be like. Oh, yeah. Um, And we see Elle real quick. She's on the Xeon ship. She's on the Entra. She's like doing recon and like a guard sees her as she's like in some duct looking around and he's like, you know, you're not supposed to be here. And she's like, you, I've been waiting for you. I guess to like draw him closer. And she's like, kicks him in the chest and like, you know, floats off. Cause at this point is when Gemon leaves with the Gaza sees. And she's like, I gotta tell the gang. Yeah. She's like, do you know how long I've been waiting here? Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, I, I, 
Uh, I love these kids. I love that they're like really good at like just like being sneaky little assholes. <laughs> yeah, man. Um. Oh my god. This next scene. <sighs> so Mashmer is he's in the injury, just kind of contemplating his uh what what just happened, and he is like taking advantage of the low gravity to float crisscross applesauce in the air. He's like at an angle. Um, he's a king. He uh he starts to worry that people might get scared seeing so many suits and that it might make the Axis forces look bad. So then he lands and he kneels down and starts praying to Haman (laughs) for her guidance and to make him know what to do, to make him a better captain. He just starts praying to her for strength, basically. He says, I, I wrote down the entire prayer, as it were. My beloved lady Haman, before you I am but a poor lost lamb seeking your help. I beg you, please grant this lamb your wisdom and courage. I beg of you, Lady Haman. Oh, Lady Haman, Lady Haman, Lady Haman. And of course, as he's praying, the um, Gotten is outside the door listening in, and he accidentally like trips the door to open. And Mashmer, this is an interesting scene, because I thought like Mashmer was so open with his love for Lady Haman, but I guess even he has his like sort of embarrassment limits, because he immediately like starts choking Gotten. He's like, you saw nothing. <laughs> and Gotten's like, I didn't hear anything about it. I didn't hear anything about you being a lost little lamb, pretty lady. Come on. He's like, very good. And I guess like sort of as hush money, he's like, after this operation, you'll get a week off. It's like, yeah, dude, this is great. Just, just be cool. And you get a vacation. Do not tell everyone of my obsession, please. Dear God. (sighs) Um, what happens? Elle ends up outside. She's in the truck in the town. She picks up Fa and Lena and Fa's like, oh, shit, mobilizing. And then Fa, like, kicks L out of the truck. And Fa drives off alone. And she's like, you know, she goes to find Judao. Because apparently Judao's at school, which is what Lena says. And she's like, all right, whatever, fine. Because she has to go pick him up and get him to fight. Because I guess, you know, at this point, she still wants Judao to fight over her for some reason. Yeah. And L says a really great line about, like, it's the weather making everybody sick. And they're like... Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and they're like... They've actually been really lazy. It's only been spring for a while. That's 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 a cute thing because yeah, she's like surprised to hear Judas actually at school for some reason. Yeah, and like I I like that you know they can just like keep it at spring. I mean I honestly spring's my favorite season. If it was forever spring, I'd be happy. I think that if I could choose a forever season, I'd probably cho- choose like mid fall. Yeah, I feel like that's like the vast majority of what people would want, just because like you know everyone loves fall. Give me that nice October weather. Mmm mmm yeah yeah um. And as this happens, as they drive off, we see none other than my boy Yazan, who is in a, like, cowboy-ass, like, poncho cloak and a hat and has stubble now. And he's just like, ah, mm, a mobile suit, huh? I'm going to steal it. Yeah. I feel like, God, what? I, first, I don't know what happened with that voice there. I feel like he's, like, sort of starting to go a little Waluigi. I feel like he'll, he'll end up there, I'm sure. Like you said, he's growing some stubble, and it's really only, like, on his upper lip, so he's starting to grow, like, a like a mustache. And I have to imagine, if he lets that grow out, it is just a jagged, you know, uh, a jagged Waluigi mustache. It's just, it's just, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, no. Waluigi, yes on, ball. <laughs> god, I love this guy so much, he sucks. Um... So, yeah, they cut to school, and Judah's actually going to class, and they walk in, um, 
as a teacher is um, counting attendance and he skips over Judy Alondrio's like, bro, I'm here. It was just like, I love that, that like he probably hasn't gone to school in like an entire month and the teacher's given up on him. And Judy um, he kind of like fucks with the kid as he walks in and then mm-hmm. reserved for him is the protagonist chair. Oh, you know he sits in the protagonist seat. I just, I loved that they, they had that like basically specifically reserved for him. Yeah, and, and then we cut over to the other classroom, and Beach is, like, fully asleep at his desk, and, like, the teacher throws chalk and, like, accidentally hits the girl in front of him. And then she picks up, like, an entire-ass vase of roses, and, the, you know, the scene cuts down. We hear ceramic shattering, and Beach is screaming in pain. It's like, oh, my God. Not good. I love that he fell asleep immediately. Like, it's, like, five seconds after we see Judah arrive, and we have to imagine that he arrived at basically the same time, and he just immediately uh-huh. is, like... In the back of the class snoring. It's like, you know, Beecha didn't have his skill high enough to dodge the teacher's, um, the, the, the teacher's, like, vase throw. And this reminded me of when I was in high school. I don't, I never really fell asleep in class except for one time in religion class. I went to private school. What about it? Where I was asleep and I wasn't woken up by the teacher repeatedly saying my name, but me losing balance and, like, you know, jolting myself awake in front of the entire class. And it was the most mortifying, embarrassing day of my entire life. So my my embarrassing uh, fall asleep in school story is that um, I had a bad habit of doing it, mm-hmm. and so uh, one of my teachers got just sick of waking me up, so he didn't, and so oh. I, I woke up in the middle of the next class. Oh my god! I looked up. I didn't recognize anybody. I looked up and I saw the, made eye contact with the teacher, and he just goes, "Yeah." <laughs> oh my god and I grabbed all my stuff and I just ran out of there and oh that's embarrassing I made it to my next class and uh, <laughs> the the two teachers that I had in a row were buddies so he mm-hmm. he had told him like he's like hey man your dude's sleeping in my class and I'm not gonna wake him up oh my god and, uh, that's so good I, I got in there and uh, the the next teacher just turns and looks at me and goes finally we're about <laughs> I was oh I Oh, I was beat red. I just had my head hung in shame. This is mortifying. Oh my god. Oh my god. It was <laughs> looking back at it now it's freaking hilarious, but uh at, oh, the, yeah, at time, the time I'm sure it's like no at the time I wanted to die. Oh, I love that. That's so good. Um so cutting back to the scene, we see Shinta and Coom roll up because they were with Fa. And they're, like, they're in the yard, in, like, the sort of schoolyard. They have one of those, like, you know, sports chalk machines that, like, you know, you push it and it makes the line. And, of course, like, they are spelling, they end up spelling ZG, just because, like, that's the only letters they know, because they live aboard the Argon, <laughs> and all they ever hear is Zeta Gundam, Zeta Gundam, Zeta Gundam. <laughs> they have um, no education. No, of course not. And then, as is happening, Ella's, like, calling to Judah for help. And, like, you know, all the kids look out the window. And as this happens, like, the three mobile suits fly in, and Gimon sees the ZG, and he thinks the Zeta's there challenging him. Yeah. He, uh, he got a natural 20 on his perception check to notice yeah. that, and a natural one on his, uh, oh, no, I'm I guess like, like, um, uh, not, I, I charisma, maybe, because, like, his, he, uh, he seems like a complete doofus in front of this school challenging this school, right? Yeah. Um... I keep wanting to say intent, but that's not the name of the role. Whatever. Yeah, that's um, a different game. The 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 role that lets you know if somebody's telling the truth. <laughs> what what the fuck is that? Um, it's not role lying. It's um. Wow, why can't I think of it right now? Right? What? Deception? 
No, it's kind of like deception. No, because it's the opposite of deception, because it's you lying. Um, oh my god. It'll come to me at some point. Oh my god. Wow, I feel like... T- tweet at us. Tell us what the right, what the right stat is, listeners. Um, and he's, like, challenging the Zeta. And, like... And, and he's, like, on the megaphone. And, like, Bright can hear this, like, you know, from at the Argama. And he's like, someone shut that idiot up. <laughs> it's like, you, you're the idiot who needs to shut up, Bright. <laughs> I was like, how loud does this guy have his speakers? They are in the middle of town. I, I guess he tapped into the sort of PA system around the colony for some reason, somehow. I guess, well, he's a junk trader, so he'd probably, like, know how to do that. I believe that's how it works. That makes more sense. I was just like, he is so damn loud. <laughs> who? Yeah, who is this fool? <laughs> um, And, let's see. So, yeah, Gammon threatens to kill every student if the Zeta doesn't show. And, of course, in response, Judao and the gang go up to the roof to taunt Gammon as Bicha and Ino pull, like, a rope around the Geze's leg. So, you know, they're banging on pots and pans with brooms. They're talking shit. Talking shit. Stubby legs, no way, stumbles all over the place. It's a cute little cute little get-his-ass poem that Judao says. They, uh, at one point yell, You think you're cool? Maybe you should take lessons from a Hyzak or something. Yeah, it's like, oh, dude, get his ass. Hell yeah, I love these mobile suit-based insults. And the plan works. They end up tripping the Geze, and he falls over, and he, like, you know, I think, um... Yeah, yeah, okay, so he falls over. He starts attacking the school, right? He, like, because he ends up getting back up, because he's mad, and he starts smashing the roof. And at this point, Yazan is here, and I think Yazan grabs, like, a broom or something. Because, like, we see a shot earlier of, like, a manhole cover being, like, pushed open by, like, you know, all the smashing... And Yazan doesn't see the manhole cover and falls in and uses the broom to, like, you know, hold himself up. But then, like, the debris covers the manhole cover. And, like, Yazan never gets to say a word. Literally, all he does is show up and get owned by the debris. <laughs> and I'm just like, yes, this is perfect. This is exactly what Yazan needs to be now. Yep. I, okay, so a broom kind of makes more sense. I thought he had a pole mm-hmm. and was going to try to, like, pull vault onto the mobile suit and steal it. I think... Maybe he was. I, I think that was the intent. I think he might have had a broom and he was going to use the broom for that. But I feel like it's what both. A, like What a doofus. Maybe, I would love to see that. I would. God, I love that he just wants to steal things. <laughs> He's on rules. <laughs> and Fa is the one to go out in Zeta this time for some reason. Well, because, you know, Judah's not there. Yeah, she gets to the Argama and uh, she prepares to launch. And Bright, mm. the absolute motherfucker... God. It's like when you get there, make sure to give Judah the Zeta. She's like, no. I, she's like, I can handle this on my own, and she can. She's like, she can. God is awful. And of course, we see like a- as Gemon is attacking the school, the orphans are yelling Zeta Gundam, Zeta Gundam, and Lena's there, and she also yells Zeta Gundam. It's cute. Yeah. And of course, Zeta Gundam, it's here. And Fa, like, lures the Geze away because she's like, you don't want to fight in front of the school. We should fight in, the, like, a less populated area so we can go all out. And, and like, she has, like, the big gun. Or I think she just has a gun with Zeta. And Gemon's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't want to shoot that inside the colony. There are people in here. And, of course, in, like, her confusion to disarm herself, he, like, knocks her down, starts wailing on her. Asshole. And uh, so the kids, like, chase after them. Judah catches up, and he somehow beats... Beecha there, and Beecha drove a car. Yeah, like, what did... Does Judo have these, like, secret-ass, like, Walt Disney World, like, junk trader tunnels he knows about? <laughs> oh my god, I hope so. He gets, he gets those, like, secret, uh, those secret, like, mascot actor, like, warp pipes. They form a plan, um, to use some old gas tanks that are close by to help Fa. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's like these like the you know big round like derelict gas tanks that are going to be destroyed anyway. So it's a fine that they you know knock one over. So while while the other ones go to kind of set that trap up, Judah mm-hmm. runs out and he just starts shit talking Gimon again and yes. like smacking his ass and yelling at him. And uh, so good. Gimon hates this so much. He is not good at taking any insults. He gets distracted from the fight and starts chasing after Judah. And uh, mm-hmm. it lines up just right. So Beecher releases the gas tank and it starts rolling down a hill at the at the gaze. It starts rolling down the hill and like, you know, Beecher like drives off to the side and it keeps on rolling and like it's about to hit the gaze and he's like, oh, it's round. I can just do this. And he just like picks it up and like suplexes it away, which is like exactly, you know, come on. It's, it's, a, it's an empty gas tank. It wouldn't have done anything probably. And as this happens, we cut over to Judah and Fa, because Judah's trying to get in the cockpit of the Zeta. He's, like, hanging on to it as Fa's, like, fighting. She's like, don't get in, dude. Like, I'm in the middle of a fight to the death. She's like, and I'm a little busy. A little busy right now. And, like, she ends up getting electrocuted. I, she, like, mentions how, like, the, like, conductor is wrong or something. Like, you know, because the Zeta's still damaged. And she's, she's, like, taking hits and getting hurt this entire time. And eventually, he convinces Fa to get out of the cockpit, because, like... He's like sitting, he's like in her lap as he's trying to pilot it. And he's like, you want to move? And she's like, no. He's like, all right, you want to be my seat then? And she's like, I'm fucking fine, dude. <laughs> also, no. Also, no. And 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 she like gets into Zeta's hand and he just kind of like drops her. And she's like, you could let me down. He's being very rude to Fa in this scene. He I don't is. care for it. Yeah. Um, um, as she's like, as he's air quotes setting her down, um, <laughs> she warns him not to use his full strength because it'll damage the colony. And so yeah. he throws the shield to the ground and he's like, fine, I'm a box. And yes, he, it's like Maxter Gundam. Yeah. The, he, uh, he goes full Hajime no Ippo mode and just starts like yeah. punching him and throwing <laughs> fists, <laughs> throwing fists all over the good. place. And, uh, then, then Gaman is like, oh yeah, watch this. And he just turns to the side and takes two of his little arms and starts punching at him. Yeah, it's just like, I just, it's just, it's so stupid, but like, Judas, I guess, plan was to make, like, you know, hit Gimon so many times that he's like always moving his cockpit around to dodge, and like, that makes Gimon dizzy, because like, we see it from his perspective, and like, you know, everything starts to blur and and, and warp around, and he gets all, he's like, you know, he's been spinning around like crazy, and like, Judas starts spinning his cockpit, and he's like, oh, make it stop, I'm gonna puke, bro. And so he he uses uh, this dizziness to jump in and cut all four arms off with his beam saber. Yes. You just go, pa-pa! And, you know, the Geze is out of commission. And, like, at this point, I'm like, where the hell are the Gazas right now? Are they just, like, watching this guy get owned? It's very funny if they are. Earlier, when uh, he was threatening the school, Gotten was like, oh, my God, this idiot. Aren't we supposed to go attack the Argama? He's like, I want nothing to do with this. Yeah, <laughs> just, let it, just let him go off. Who cares? He's just like, oh my god, fuck this guy. Yeah, this guy sucks. And then, like, you know, in, in battle, he, or after the battle, he admits, uh, Gemon does, that Mashmer is the one who put him up to this. And then, you know, we cut Mashmer, who wants to retaliate, but he he can't because, like, Hamon in his Slumdog Millionaire flashback advised him not to. And he's like, he, you know, he can't do anything because Gotten also tells him, he's like, all right, let's wait. We're going to get more prototypes built pretty soon. We can use those to fight, and that'll be more exciting and fun. We got to sell those toys somehow, buddy. And one of them is called the Hamahama. The Hamahama. I can't imagine that's like Hamansu because she already has the Q-Blade, but like, I want to know what the Hamahama is. That sounds fun. I imagine that Mashmir named it after her. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I can't imagine. 
Uh, and like the last sort of thing is like everyone finally convinces Judah to return the Zeta to the Argama instead of keeping it. And he's like, fine, because like, you know, they tell him he has nowhere to put it. Like he can't store a suit that big. You might as well do it to the Argama because like, you know, the crane rental would cost a fortune. The Argama has a crane you can use for free. And he's like, okay, fine. And he flies off and, you know, he, he's going along with it. He's getting more sort of more, um, what's the word? You know, he, 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 he's fine hanging with the Argama for now. Yeah. He's, st- he's still not like at the point of like, you know, he wants to be there all the time, but you know, he'll come around. I'm sure. Yeah. He's starting to, uh, to become friends with them a little bit. Friendly. Yeah. Friend- friendly. Yes. Uh, all right. Shall we move on to the next one? Oh, yes. All right. Our final episode of the week. The Menace of the Zissa, which is how I'm going to pronounce it, I guess. Zissa, Zissa. I say Zissa in my head, so. I kind of just said Za, but I like Zissa Oh, The Menace better. of the Za. Get some get some hot Za in <laughs> so, Oh, God, I'm hungry. I want some Za. Oh, my God, dude. I'm in a... Uh, I'm in a Facebook group that has like some local, it's all about local restaurants and stuff. And there's this one pizza place that keeps getting posted. And I'm like, "Mm, oh my God, I want to go there. Mm. But they don't do delivery and I'm too lazy. Mm. (laughs) The eternal struggle. So, Mashmer heads out in a new suit, the Zissa, to attack the Argama yet again. Bright treats Judao and the gang to a gourmet meal and try to convince them to work aboard the Argama. Everyone accepts but Judao, who doesn't want to work for anyone, and leaves. For some reason, his new type abilities start to appear as he hears Mashmer saying that he'll draw the Zeta. The Argama gets the report that the Zissa is causing havoc in the colony, so Fa heads out in the Methus and Astonage heads out in the Zeta, trying to convince Bright that he does not need to rely on Judao. The Zissa can handle the Methus, but when the Zeta shows up, Mashmer flies off to get his Gaza Sea support. Judao's finally convinced to pilot the Zeta, and he faces off against the three Zeon suits and ends up teaming up with Fa to make the Zissa retreat. Finally, after the battle, the gang seem to finally convince Judao to stay aboard the Argama for Lena's sake. That's episode. This is a fun one. Oh my gosh. I think this is probably my favorite of the three. Th- this is this is my favorite of the three. I really liked it. I thought it was... It's like, it's, it's like an interesting way that it splits up the silliness, because the main plot doesn't really have any of the silly goofiness. It's like this one side uh, sort of well of humor they keep on coming back to that is like where we get the, the you know, the fun silliness of this one. Yeah. I like it. So we uh, we start off with uh, Mashmer is in a meeting with Damar, who is uh, Chmatter's boss. That was his name. I never got his name. I had to rewind a few times so I could make sure to write it down. Okay. Damar. All right. Um, he says that he wants to make a presence in the colony with a new mobile suit called the Zissa. 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 It's Z-S-S-A. It's hard to say. Hard to read. It's, uh, yeah, they, I've noticed that about some of the suits in this, uh, this one so far. They're not the easiest. Yeah, I, I like that, though. It's yeah. getting, getting silly. Um, and yeah, yeah, uh, Damar is, like, telling him not to, because he's like, you know, you have to have the media cover it up, and, like, Gotten has a printed out estimate of how much that would cost, and he hands it to, to Marsh, Mashmer. <laughs> and he's like, he knew he has to sort of believe in himself, because... He flashes back to Haman, telling him he can't always act in a noble manner. Sometimes he can have to, like, break the rules and not be chivalrous to get the job done. So I like that he's, like, being pushed to, like, you know... It's at this point we're starting to see Mashmer kind of, like, being pushed to not be chivalrous all the time. He's going to have to get down and dirty at some point, which is cool. He's questioning his beliefs a bit. Mm. Um, And then we cut back over to the Argama. So everybody's eating uh, some nice boxed lunches. And, uh... Bright shows up and he says, hey, now that your stomachs are full, I got a favor to ask of you. 
And uh, he wants them to join the ship until they leave the colony. Yeah. They, basically, he says that, you know, we, we could use the help. Everyone's in the hospital right now. Like, you know, we, we and, you know, you, you stay here work with us. We'll make sure you're fed and everything. And if you want, you can just stay here with us after we leave the colony even. Like, you know, you can have a job. You can work here. And everyone's cool with this. Everyone likes this idea, except for Judao, who has a freak out. He doesn't want to be a wage slave. He'd rather be a freelancer working job to job, which is like, well, I guess. More yeah. power to you. Yeah. I was like, I don't know about that. Um, and then Fa's like, well, you know, if you're going to be that way, you should at least work off that meal that you that you just ate. Yeah, because, like, you know, it's it's like a pretty nice meal for com- considering what the Argama usually has. And, like, this whole scene is... This kind of sucks because, like, he yeah. freaks out. He, like, knocks Lena's food away because he's like, you know, do we don't need to have a debt to pay. And Foss slaps him. And he's about to, like, straight up, like, punch her. And, like, she's in tears telling him, like, we can't always eat like this. And then he, like, that ends up convincing him to leave because it's, you know, it's, like, kind of clear to him that, like, the Argama is treating them right now and, like, you know, trying to ingratiate themselves towards him. Yeah, and everybody's just kind of looking at him like... Like, dude, do you know how much of an asshole you're being right now? Yeah, he's being kind of a stinker right now. I don't really like it. He uh, he kind of feels like he's backed into a corner, and it's like he's like kind of lashing out because he's kind of scared of being backed into that corner. And then he, he runs away. Yeah, and as he runs away, he's like, he sees like a can on the ground. He kicks a Coke can, and like we hear a noise. It's not the new type flash. It's some sort of weird like warbly space noise. And he like looks up to the sky and he hears Smashmer's voice saying, "We'll draw them out." And new type, hello, it's starting. Yeah, it's it w- and so it begins. Really, this is the sixth episode of the show. That's like I like that new type just happens more and more sooner <laughs> and sooner. I'm also worried for him. Oh God, yeah, I know, right? Like nothing, no, nothing ever ends well for a new type. <laughs> um, and of course we cut over to Mashmer, who's heading out in the Zissa. He doesn't want to use Gaza Sea Support because they're too well-known as Axis suits, but he's able to go out in this one because, you know, it's an experimental suit. It's a prototype. No one's seen it before, so no one would know it's Axis. The Zissa is a funky-looking guy. Oh, my God. I love it. It's a mwah, chef's kiss. Chef's... I... I... So this thing... This thing is another, like, short, stubby kind of guy. <clears throat> really short, actually. It looks kind of like the Methus. Um, It's, like, this, like, sort of two-tone yellow color with, like, dark blue black highlights and a lot of red for the missile pods on it because this thing is like a walking artillery suit this thing like is just covered in missiles it really does look like a neo-zeon version of the methus i think Ooh, yes like I, I don't think we saw it with the full like flight unit on the back yet i think we just saw it with like the missile pods so it didn't fully look like uh methus mode yet but like you know it has this cool like sort of three-pronged foot it, you know, it goes up again, no waist. It just kind of goes from the, like the pelvis to the chest area. And it has that sort of like, you know, really almost look like winged eyeliner of the, um, <laughs> the mono eye sort of like visor area, uh, missile pods, these gigantic missile pods on the shoulders, a missile pod on the, like the top of the head, sort of off to the side missiles coming out of the arms and the wrists. And like, th- this thing is like just a walking artillery thing, which I think is really cool. It's very chunky, and I really, really want one. It's yeah, it's like it's a it's a real chunkster chunkster thick boy of a suit. Ooh yeah, oh yeah, and so he heads out in this. So uh, Damar comes home, and uh, he excitedly tells his wife that he got another briefcase of comedically gold bars out of them, and uh, now he's like, 
we can dip out, we can leave side one, we can uh, we can go to Earth, and uh, he starts yelling at his butler to make sure everything's all packed up, because they're gonna they're going to leave immediately. They've already been planning this out, and then he realizes, wait, what about my wine collection? I know. <laughs> um, I also wrote down that the butler looks very ill. He's like a gray color. The butler looks like he's 300 years old and he's died three times. Uh, and so one thing that's... Um, or <clears throat> so next, Mashmer is flying around and he uh, he's like, I'm going to cause no damage. I'm going to fight somewhere that's sparsely populated. And so in his efforts to cause no damage whatsoever to any of these fancy houses, he lands in Damar's yard. It is so good. So like... D- Damar's house is on like it's like on a boulder on a hillside basically right yeah and it's like a nice it's like a you know nice ass like looks like a rich person house you hate to see it (laughs) and you know like he goes out to the wine cellar because he's like mad the butler didn't pack everything up and of course Mashmir lands right in the yard he talks about how he's in gravity so it's hard to pilot he stumbles backwards totally crushes the wine cellar which dislodges the boulder that the house is on, you know, as he's like moving around and it starts to slide down the hill. It's so good, dude. <laughs> yeah, he, he basically is like, I'm not going to damage anything. Then he destroys the building and causes a landslide. Well, it's a rich person, so it's yeah. fine. Oh, absolutely. I'm not upset. Yeah, no, I'm not upset, right? Because like the Argama gets the report as this happens that a mobile suit is causing damage in the northern hills. And Beach is like, that's where the rich people live. We should just let them do whatever they want and let the homes get damaged. I'm like, yeah, this guy gets it. This is direct action. But then they're like, oh, yeah, but it's also close to the hospitals. And Fa's like... Yeah, we might, we might as well help. Fa's like, hospitals? That means Camille. That's where my boy is. And uh, she takes off in the Methus. Methus is, like, very, very damaged right yeah. now. Yeah. Like, you know, as as everything is on the Argama. One thing I'm also really, really looking forward to is to, like, when they get in space and get repaired. And, like, I want to see them fight with, like, you know, touched-up mobile suits. That would be very cool to oh, see. Oh, yeah. I can't wait until, like, we get to see No Holds Barred. Like, they like yes. get to go sicko mode. I know that the double Zeta comes pretty early on. I think, like, episode 13. So, in a couple weeks, we're going to finally see it. I'm so and excited. I've already, I've already made the cover art for that. Because, again, all I have to do is, like, replace the robot. But I'm just <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll espouse my opinions on the double Zeta when we see it, but we'll get there. Yeah. Um, so, Fog gets in the Methus, you know, she's going to protect Camille. Beecha and Mondo drive off to get Judao to get him in the Zeta. And as this happens, Astronaut is like, Bright, you dumb son of a bitch. Why do you believe in Judao so much? And, of course, Bright's like, well, he might be a new type, so we kind of gotta. And Astronaut is like, if you tell them that, those brats will be even more big-headed. It's like, yes, you get it. Asinash is the only guy who has, like, a brain left on the Argama right now. And so Bright is like, do you have a better idea? Asinash is like, I do, actually. Check this out, homie. And uh, he decides to go hop into the Zeta, and he's the new Zeta pilot. He decided. He decided. And, like, honestly, here's the thing, though. He's the mechanic of all the mobile suits. I feel like he has, of anyone to just get in a mobile suit, I would trust Astonage more than most people because he knows the inside and outs of, like, all of them. Yeah, he's not the worst choice. He's not. No, absolutely not. I feel like, I think the worst choice would be Bright, honestly. No, but that means Bright would probably lose, so that would be the best choice for us. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's yeah, let's get Bright. I mean, not not in the Zeta. I don't want the Zeta to be destroyed. Put Bright in a Nemo and have him just be, like, destroyed. There we go. Just, like, get get that dude blown the hell up. And oh, God, I, I was, like, taking, losing track of my notes. So, Fa flies out. Mashmer follows her. And, she's, and he's, like, he knows that she's a decoy because the Zeta's not here yet. 
and he like pulls out a beam saber in the Zissa to fight Fa. And at this point, uh, Astonaut shows up in the Zeta. And, you know, of course, astronauts can barely pilot the Zeta, too, because Zeta's, like, a piece of shit right now. And he, like, sort of, like, lands slash crashes in front of the shack in the junkyard. And Mashmer's about to fight. And he sees the Zeta guarding guarding this, this, uh, this shack valiantly with its entire body. And he's like, oh, the pilot has a chivalrous spirit as well. <laughs> yeah, um, and so as he's, like, thinking about how chivalrous and brave the pilot of the Zeta is... The Methus flies in and smashes into the Zah. And uh, they wrestle for a little bit. And he just rips her freaking arm off. Yeah, dude. It's like normally when we see stuff, when we see limbs get lost, it's like, you know, it gets cut off by a beam saber or it gets blasted by a beam. But like, no, he just straight pulls off the Methus' arm. It's like, <laughs> sick. Just kind of yoink. Mine now. I have this. One more and I'll look like the, uh, the Geze. <laughs> And of course, you know, since there's two mobile suits in front of him, he has to fly away. Mashmer does to get his backup. He's like, all right, whatever. Like, we're going to we're doing this. We got to get these gauzes up in here. And Yazan sees them fly over. Everyone is like freaking out, thinking it's another war. Because like, you know, at, like it just cuts right away to the, the gauzes flying around. And Yazan is like, mm, ah, another mobile suit for me. And he steals a moped and drives off to get it. <laughs> I'm going to win. God, that hurts my throat to do. Oh, I bet, man. Um, and so the Gaza Seas are flying around. They also land in Demar's yard. And mm. um, when when Mashmer landed in his yard, all the damage was an accident. The Gaza just straights up lands on top of the truck that has all of Demar's stuff in it. And yeah. Demar's wife passes out. She can't stand to see it. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't care about the wine, but she cares about all the luggage. All of her d- designer Gucci Louis Vuitton, you know matching travel luggage and you simply hate to see it but i love to see it because again it's direct action they're, they're doing good work they then fly off to go join the Zsa, and uh, they circle back to where um where the aug mobile suits are yeah so it this whole scene is like judao and fa and asinach arguing like you know asinach is like i'm gonna say that right now and fa's like can you judao can you please for the love of god get in the robot and she's like starting. She she starts to appeal to him by like telling him all about Camille, like how he started as just like a nobody, but he ended up fighting valiantly to save the world. And of course, this doesn't work on Judao because you know Judao doesn't care. But Beecha and Eno show up, and they're like, "Okay, Judao, this is your chance to like get even with the Argama. Like they, you know, you owe them right now. But if you fight, you know, you'll it, it'll be square." And then Lena's like, "It'll be more worthy than being a junk dealer." And all this eventually, you know, breaks Judao down. He's finally convinced to get in the Zeta to settle his debt, which is like, I just. I love the motivation of it. Yeah, he's like, fine, fine, I'll do it, but only to pay them back for lunch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He doesn't want to, like, he doesn't care about them. He just wants to, like, not owe anything, which is just, like, I, I, you know, I, I really, really like it. It's great. Um, So he gets in. He leads the suits to, like, a more junked-out sector. And the Zissa is, like, firing missiles to draw him out. Because, you know, it has a billion missiles, so you can just fire him willy-willy-nilly. <laughs> and... He ends up taking down a Gaza Sea with a beam saber. Like, he doesn't destroy it, but he, like, pierces it through, and I guess that disables it. Because, like, Judo has not killed anyone yet, which is, like... At this point, Amuro had killed several people. At this point, Camille had killed several people. But Judo has not killed anyone yet, and I'm proud of him. He's not a killing machine, and I hope he stays that way. I know he won't. I know he won't. I'm sure next episode he'll kill, like, ten guys. But for now, <laughs> I'm okay. Um, the second Gaza shows up after after Judo defeats the first one. And Judo just kicks it, and... Uh, at this point, the, Z- the Zissa has found them, and so he just mm-hmm. starts unleashing another just barrage of missiles. 
none of it really works though. Like it, like one hits near Judo, but like it's it's I guess these things don't track, they just kind of fire out and doesn't really do anything. And then Judo uses his smaller size to his advantage and he dives between some like bars into a space that's too small mm-hmm. for the Sasa. So yeah. Mashmer has to like ditch his missile pods to dive in after him. Yeah, I like that. I like that it's like a removable sort of thing. Because right now the Zissa doesn't really have any of the pods. It's just like the sort of stout mobile suit. So it's like, you know, I like that we see like different looks on it. And at this point, the uh, like the, the Gaza Sea that Judah kicked shows back up. And then Judah like ends up using his Vulcans to take out the mono eye of it. And that's disabled as well. And you always got to cheer whenever head Vulcans are actually useful. <clears throat> I know. I think you never see it. But whenever you do, it's always significant enough. It's like, yeah, dude. I- it's just like... Ah! I, I just have in my nose, so it's like, head Vulcans! Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's always a treat. It's, like, such a simple thing. Like, it's something that you would never think would work. Just, like, you know, regular-ass bullets. But, like, when they use it well, they use it well. Oh, they yeah. They take out a monolai, blow up a spaceship. Yeah, cool stuff. And as he's fighting uh, Mashmer and the Zissa, he's like, you know, we gotta stop fighting or we're gonna, both gonna be killed. And Mashmer's about to agree, but he looks down and he notices, like, the stem of the rose has broken a little bit. And this makes him freak out, and he starts shooting more missiles at the Zeta, and he starts start punching it like crazy. And because you know, of course, his his favor from Lady Haman is damaged, and we can we simply can't have that. Yeah, he he went into full rage mode, like full barbarian rage. It's like the equivalent of like telling Josuke Higashikata that his hair is bad. It's like <laughs> telling Mashmer that his rose sucks. He's like, the fuck you just say about me? I will destroy you. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? Um, so. Mashmire is about to stab the Zeta, gets his beam saber out. Judah ends up, yeah, Judah ends up activating his own saber, and he cuts off one of the Zissa's leg. And at this point, Fa flies in in the Methus and like has his whole ass pylon like slams into the Zissa in the back with it. Yeah, which, man, like a jousting lanch. lanch. It's sick and lanch, and that makes <laughs> the Zissa, you know, Mashmire has to retreat because he's damaged. And then we cut over. We Waluigi's here, Yazan's here. He's biking in, doing some sick jumps. And it's just comedy because he still hasn't said a single word and he ends up doing a, too big of a jump, crashes into a wall of junk that causes like the little mountain to crumble and cover him in more trash. <laughs> I, this is so stupid, Yazan. Why are you like this? <laughs> uh, Mashmir decides to flee. Mm-hmm. And then after the fight, Fa thanks Judao and uh, he, he makes sure to remind her, <clears throat> this is just to pay you back for lunch. That's it. Mm-hmm. And of course... In response to this, Lena's like, well, you must be hungry after the battle. And then she hands him another, like, Argama box to lunch. And now he owes them again. And he's like, smart move. I'm starving. And just digs in. Yeah. And he's like, oh, shit. I fucked up. I shouldn't have done that. And, of course, they all use this opportunity to, like, once again try and convince Judah. She's like, Lena even says she's not going to go to school if it means, like, Judah will stay out of trouble and stay on the Argama. And, like, I think, I don't think we've gotten an explicit agreement, but, like, it seems like it's working on him. I feel like he's gonna, probably next episode, be like, yeah, all right, I'll stay. Just because, like, you know, everyone's here, all my friends are here, and, like, if you're okay with it, Lena, you know. Because he, he still loves and cares for his sister deep down, so I think it'll, it'll be good for them all. I mean, it won't, because they shouldn't be on it in the first <laughs> place, but, like, you know. You know. It's got its ups and downs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And finally, uh, we cut to the bridge, and, like, Bright's getting a transition from Trimatter. And he tells Bright that La Vie en Rose, La Vie en Rose, is only a day away from the colony. They can repair and resupply soon. And they're talking about, like, wow, like, Shimatter shouldn't be saying this to us while Axis is here. And then we hear that Shimatter says that his bo- annoying boss is gone. So it's yeah. easier for him to get this information out. Of course, cut to the annoying boss whose house just straight up, like, completely collapses. 
Get owned, Damar. You you deserved it. Yeah, fuck you. Fuck you, Damar. And that's episode. I really, really liked it. It was it was it was great. It was a fun one. I like that it does, you know, the last two were like mobile suit of the week. I like that we get more characterization from Judao. I like that we can sort of see where the plot's going. I like that things will be repaired soon, so we're not gonna be stuck in Colony 10 for much longer, or, or side one, Colony 10, I guess we're on. I like it. Good show so far. It's really good. Yeah. Um, well, Jake, I have a little things prepared for us for our segment Ooh. this week. Because you and I are going to go Beyond Toon World. You're going to love this. Trust me. Beyond Toon World! We, this week, are talking about the voice of our boy, Judah Ashta, whose voice actor is Kazuki Yao, born June 17th, 1959, in Kanazawa, in the Ichikawa Prefecture of Japan, and that is all we know about this guy. Oh. There is, like, nothing on the wiki. Oh, wow. There, us- there usually isn't. I feel like a lot of the times, if there is a lot to say, it's, like, sad stuff, so I'm like, you know, it's arguably better because we don't need to read about how they died or whatever. That's fair. Um, But he's still active. He's still working. He's been active since uh, mid-80s, which is pretty sick. Oh, nice. I feel like, like I, I guess he would have had to be active since the mid-80s because he voiced a character in, in, in Zeta, in Double Zeta. That is, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> going through, we got a couple of notable roles here. So, his first role, one of his first roles, was not in Double Zeta, but Zeta, Zeta, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Single Zeta Gundam, voicing Adis, who was one of the soldiers at the Titans base in Dakar that um Beltorchica hangs out with and Gates Kappa, the cyber new type Rosamia's brother, who I guess died when Rekoa blew up Basque's ship. Oh. Uh so two very minor characters, but he was there. In a show that I've never heard of that sounds really sick called Dan Coog Super Beast Machine God. Oh my god. Nineteen eighty five. Yeah. And and he this is like a multi series because this showed up like four different times in the list. Character named Shinobu Fujiwara. So that sounds... I don't know what that is, but that sounds pretty sick. I like all of those words separately. Yeah. Of course, 1986, Double Zeta, Judao. We love to see it. We cut to the future a bit in 1995. He vo- So are, are you familiar with Street Fighter, Jake? You know, I, uh, I've, I've fought in some streets before. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the TV show Street Fighter 2, he voiced Fei Long, of all people. Oh. Which is like, yeah, you know, I guess... is Fei Long would be... Jack- Chinese, I think. I Korean? I'm pulling up a picture of him, but I cannot remember anything about the guy. Fei Long, he's well, he's Bruce Lee inspired, so okay, yeah, ha- yeah. Ha- so yeah, he's 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 Hong Kong then. Okay, he's yeah, he's from Hong Kong, a Street Fighter. So cool. Um, are you familiar at all with Monster Rancher, Jake? Oh man, oh you just you hit that? me in the nostalgia right there. You remember that I... with Swayzo and the Rock guy and the little eyeball dude? Oh man. Yeah, yeah. In Monster Rancher, the TV show 1999, he voiced Tiger of the Wind. I don't remember the name, but I see this blue and white wolf that has, like, horns. And I'm like, I know that thing. I remember it. God, I used to watch that I, show. I loved that. I know. God, Monster Rancher is cool. I think it's still around. I think they're still making games. Really? That's fun stuff. I Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a Switch game for it, which is, you know, kind of crazy. I miss that stuff. Stupid, weird 90s monster collecting things. Um, Gonna Google that right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Monster Rancher is cool. Um, while you do that, I'll hit you with. Uh, in every iteration of Initial D, the cool car drift show, he voiced um, Koichiro Iketani, 
which I have not seen Initial D. I know it sort of belies my car guy nature. Maybe one day I will. Maybe I'll make an entire ass podcast about, you know, anime cars. That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, one Piece. Here we go. Getting to the big stuff. Ooh. He voiced Mr. Tubon Clay. Oh. You know, minor character. Mon Bluton, you know, minor character. Django, the Steven Tyler looking dude. Oh. And Jake, he's Frankie. <gasps> Oh. He's been Frankie in like every single One Piece, even to modern day. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's... I love Frankie. Just a big ass like cyborg robot dude, big old arms, cool blue pair. Love to see it. He's probably my favorite member of the crew. I him or Usopp. I'm, I'm, I'm not kind sure. Of a, I think I'm a Zoro guy myself. Zoro's like pretty swords. sweet. Um, Chopper's cool too. He's fun. Chopper's doctrine. <laughs> Many are saying. Uh, in 2000, in Digimon Adventure 02, he voiced Ninjamon, of all things. Just, like, a little one-off. Huh. But I know Ninjamon. He's, like, this, like, he's, like, a little ball with hands and feet. And he has, like, a cool, like, dark, like, maroon ninja outfit. And he has a big old shuriken. He's fun. Oh, he's great. Um, and he, maybe his biggest role in Full Metal Alchemist and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. He was Yoki. Yoki? He was loser-ass Mr. Yoki. Oh, wow. Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> like, okay, sure, I'll take it. <laughs> God, just, just love that dude, fool ass man. Um, in the Pokemon Diamond and Pearl anime, he was Byron, which is the, of course, the Canalave City Steel type gym leader, father of Rourke. Oh, nice. Byron's fine. He never was a character in the games, but I liked, you know, his he had a cool gym. I like that he has Steelixes. I like Steelix a lot. Steelix is pretty neat. In uh, in Death Note, he was Sido, which I think is one of the um, what are the names of the Willem Dafoe creatures again? The Shinigami. Shinigami. I knew it was something Gami. I think Sido's one of them. Okay. Um, in Gundam Double O, uh, one of the guns I have not yet seen that I will at some point. He is Aber Lint. That, so that's a character I'll have to look out for. That sounds really familiar. <laughs> yeah, I think he's like this gaunt, gray hair looking dude. Um, let me just. Yeah, yeah, he has like a sort of like Miles Edgeworth-ish cut. Yeah. Not not fully quiffed there, but it's it's kind of there. Um in Digimon Fusion, one of the later Digimon series, he's Zamielmon, which um if I remember Zamielmon correctly, let me search my mind. It's like this cool sort of like archer armor guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like this weird like sort of like green and yellow archer armor guy, has a bunch of arrows sticking in him and like this huge ass arrow on the back. He kinda has Kingdom Hearts feet too. He's a funky <laughs> looking dude. Uh lastly, so so he he's still working to modern day, but like a lot of his stuff is more minor roles. But like again, mainly being Frankie in One Piece and all of the Judao voices in all the Super Robot Wars games. But his like most recent notable role to date in Adventure Time, he's Billy. Oh snap! You know the weird like gray beard, skin looking dude, that guy. Right on. It's been a long time since seen Adventure Time, but I was like, I know Billy. Yeah. Ooh, that's a very scary picture of Cedo. I don't like her to see that. Yeah, he's not great. <laughs> Making a funky face. Um. But yeah, that's our that's our Beyond Toon World on Kazuki Yao. Thank you for your service. Thank you, Judao. Thank you, Kazuki. Thank you, uh, Frankie. Love to see it. Thank you. That was that was nice to know. Yeah, I I I always like to you know it. I I don't need all the Beyond Toon Worlds to be like these crazy blowouts of like this person is this deranged role, but like this one, I'm 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 cool with. I like that he has a lot of stuff that he's done, but nothing does like you know insane like dubbing Luke Skywalker. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Carell. Uh, well. See, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now, Jake, is the time as we wrap up, we can talk about our plugs. Jake, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on the twitter.com at Mr. Jakey Poo. You can also find me on Hearts Against Balance, a Kingdom Hearts inspired actual play podcast, 
where I am playing Seahawk from She-Ra. You can also find me on a podcast, Most Foul, where my wife and I are reading through the Artemis Foul books. Mm, most foul indeed, but a podcast most wonderful to listen to. Aw, shucks. <laughs> I'm Max. You can find me on Twitter at MaxiBajillion. You can listen to two of my other shows, which are Pod of Greed, the world's number one and only Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast sponsored by Kaiba Corp on Twitter at Pod of Greed Cast. And Slappers Only, a video game music showdown podcast hosted by me and my friend Jordan. And when this episode goes up, we should be recording our next episode on Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. Oh, and yeah, that, that's like the main game that we wanted to do the podcast for. So we we're like, it's the first episode of 2021. We're going to do it that way. I love that. Yeah, and those shows and this and many, many more can be found on Noisebase.xyz. It is a podcast network made by our friend Matt, who is a living, breathing Nintendo GameCube. You can find this and many other shows, including Big Match Minute on wrestling. You can find City Girls Make Do, who just finished their Watch the Sex in the City. You can find Radish, listen to some rad tunes, and many, many more Go to the noisepace.xyz, check it out. I hope I didn't say .xyz earlier. I might have. Sorry, Matt. You're probably not listening anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, you get to ask me this week, I believe. Max, yeah. what is your robot of the week? I'm glad you asked, Jake. So, my yearly tradition is after Christmas, with gift card money, I buy an irresponsible amount of Gunpla. So... Strangely enough, my robot of the week is an actual Gundam, or rather a robot from Gundam, a mobile suit. It is the Bjarlant. I love this thing. It is the first of my many kits that I'm digging into this year. I got a pair of God Hand, so I am like just getting that marks out of here. It is coming together so nicely. I'm being so deliberate with it. I have a new cutting mat and a runner holder coming in tomorrow. I am truly becoming the Gunpla guy. And my funky, wide-ass, John Cena-looking, mom-said-it's-my-turn-to-use-the-Xbox-stance robot is my robot of the week. Thank you, Bjarlant. Thank you, Jared. Rest in peace. The Bjarlant is a very good choice. I'm, I love to hear yeah. it. I have... Oh, my God. Let's see. I have turn A coming in. I have a... I have an SD Cubelay coming in because I couldn't find a real Cubelay at, like, a decent price. And I was like, whatever. I'll just buy an SD one and, like, you know, I'll be okay with that. I have a, a Penelope coming in. Love that weird chicken. <laughs> a, I have um, I have two of the Iron-Blooded Orphans gecko suits coming in. The Hajiroboshi and the Marcosias. Nice. Um, which I guess is the same suit. I have the... I'm thinking. Oh, and I have the Bound Dock, of course. Of course. And lastly, and lastly, I'm so excited for this one. I got the Kshatriya coming in. Nice. I love the Kshatriya so much. Can't wait to talk about Unicorn. Um, that was my thing. That was me yelling about robots. And <laughs> speaking of yelling about robots, it's time for us to say goodnight. Thank you all for tuning in yet again. Jake, once again, a pleasure to have you on the show. I'm glad we're, I'm gl- I'm glad we're, we're going on this adventure together. I feel like you and I are getting that synergy building up. Oh, God, me too. I'm having such a good time. It is. Oh, lo- love Double Zeta. Love podcasting. Um... Take us away, as we always say in the words of our very own podcast. War is bad. Wow. Cool robots. Wow, I haven't said that in so long. (laughs) Thank you and good night, listeners. Doodles, doodles. Peach. Peach.